Welcome to KCC Church at Home. We're so glad to be joining with you today. Uh, thank you again for leading, from leading from your living room, that your giving, your support, your amens, your encouragement, your text messages to others, your sharing of the stream. It's so great to be able to share this with you and to continue to fellowship together in this experience. Also, we're so grateful for your giving during this Christmas season and into this new year. We're continuing to push the church forward, supporting our missions and our in our community local uh, missions. We, we encourage you to go ahead, share uh, an email, give a Zoom call, write a message of encouragement to some of our missionaries that are still on the field. They love to hear from KCC, from the church. So go ahead and do that. Just take a minute and find out on the website where you can connect with them and then go ahead and do that, kcc.net. Now we're on this homecoming series, our homecoming journey, a return to sonship. And this is such an exciting message that is really more than a message. It's, it's a part of who I am. It's a part of who we are as a community, as we're a family on this journey together not just to an eternal home, but finding the home that God has prepared for us here and now. So today I'm going to be talking about an orphan spirit, an orphan heart. And it's so pivotal that we understand this, this attitude and this mindset that exists within us so that we can replace it and, and push forward towards the sonship that we're called to pursue. Now, since the beginning of time, since the fall of man, this orphan spirit was at the root of much of the chaos, much of the division, much of the destruction that's occurred within the church and the world. And the spirit, like I said, is a mindset. It's an ideology, a way of thinking that leads to a state of the heart. And it's rooted in the moment Adam and Eve lost their connection with Father God. They lost it and were separated from their union with God because of sin in the garden. The answer to the orphan spirit, the answer to this orphaned heart, is the spirit of adoption and the spirit of sonship. And we're on this journey towards sonship. And God is waiting. The scripture says the whole earth groans for the awakening and the revelation in people of their sonship. The fact that they've been called sons, that they, they're called to be sons and daughters, and they're not just called, but they understand it. And they begin to operate and live in that understanding. It becomes manifest in their life. Now, Jesus was the perfect, perfect example of a son. He knew his true identity. He knew his purpose, he knew his position, he knew his inheritance, and he lived with this spirit as, as a perfect son, as an example for us. We read about it in John chapter 14, verse 20. It says, when I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my father and you are in me and I am in you. There was this connection, this joint connection between Father, Jesus, ourselves. 
where we find unity and community and fellowship and purpose and identity and love. It's such an incredible experience. Now, Jesus on earth had a complicated beginning. In the very beginning as a child, he was raised in Egypt and Herod decided he was going to execute all children under two. And so he moved out of Egypt, had no home in Egypt. He moved from his earthly home. As a young man with disciples, he moved from place to place and he went from village to village and town to town and he left. He, he was like a man without a home in that regard. And lastly, he was despised among people, rejected among people, pushed outside. At one point, they were going to throw him off a cliff. They didn't want him in, the, in his own hometown. And it was from that place that he, he lived on earth. And even though he lived with this rejection and this displacement, he still lived as a son because he never lost connection with his father. It was so important to him that he continued to have that connection with father. So it didn't matter where he was physically, he was connected to the father. It actually wasn't until the time that he went to the cross and at the point of transference, the point of exchange, when he went to the cross where he called out, my father, my father, why have you forsaken me? Why have you left me? Why have you abandoned me? And at that moment, he exchanged his sonship and took on our spirit, uh, that our orphan heart, our orphan spirit. And he took it upon himself and he bore it upon himself in order to exchange to, to us and for us the heart of a son or the heart of that daughter that we were intended. The, John says that at that point in the cross, it was, there was a completed moment. And in John chapter 1, verse 12, it says, To all who believe and accept in him, he gave the right, because of what he had done, to become children of God. And that means it's indiscriminatory. It's for all people of all ages, of all nations, and all backgrounds. He's given the opportunity for us to become children of God. There was this opportunity for restoration, opportunity to enter back into the house of God, into the family of God. Now this orphan heart, Romans speaks about it in chapter 8, verse 14 to 16. And it says this, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So if you're led by the Spirit of God, you are a son of God. And you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. But you receive the spirit of adoption. And that spirit of adoption causes our, our heart to cry out, Abba, Father. So when you've got this spirit of adoption and you realize that you've been adopted into this new family, something bubbles up inside of you and you realize that your whole existence is not about getting to heaven. It's not about doing all the right things to all the right people and living life perfect. It's all about relationships. It's about relationship with Father God. Your heart cries out, Father, Abba, Father. 
Now, to some of us, it's not a comfortable word to say. And even for me, I, I think about my earthly father. I think dad, father. Another word is papa. Papa God. We cry out. Our spirit cries out, Papa God. And the spirit himself witnesses with our heart and confirms with us that we are children of God. Now, all of humanity's chaotic moments, atrocities, we can look at the politics of the world today and the division that we've got between left and right and, and all of these pressures that we're experiencing today is because of this orphan spirit. And because of this journey towards sonship, and oftentimes people don't know where they're going. They don't know how to get there. They don't know what to do. They don't know where to go for solution. But they know that they've got a longing in their heart. And it's an orphaned heart where they're lost. And this spirit, this orphan heart, it comes through the work of the devil. It's on mankind. It was unleashed upon mankind by the devil. It is a spirit whose chief joy it is to separate people, divide people, not only from each other, but from Papa God, but from God the Father. And the spirit destroys relationships between people. And it started with the serpent in the Garden of Eden. When, when God the Father desired to have a family, he, he could love for all eternity. His goal was to be the father whose, whose hearts were all in. His heart was all for mankind and mankind's heart would all be for him. And before this orphan spirit was released or unleashed upon the world, the Garden of Eden was the perfect place to live. I would have loved to grow up in the Garden of Eden. I would have loved to have that my home. But God created Eve, Adam and Eve and attended for them the first commandment, go ahead, be fruitful, multiply. And Adam was created not just as a, a masterpiece, the, the sixth day, kind of like I put all into this masterpiece here. Adam was created as a son. And from Adam, Jesus was born. His same lineage, Jesus was born. And God put everything of himself into Adam and Eve. It really makes us think of the way we treat one another, the way we value each other, is that God's heart, love, breath was for mankind. When the disciples asked Jesus how to pray, Jesus' response was not, uh, was not call out Lord or Master or Almighty or Creator or Jehovah. In fact, he said, this is the way you pray. You pray, Our Father. Because he wanted the world to know. He wanted all humanity to know. Every person, everyone listening today, to know that God is our Father should be recognized and realized as God the Father. Now, this is about the Father's love. From the very start, creation of man was different than all other things. When we read the account of the beginning in Genesis, it says, the Lord spoke or the Lord said, 
day one, the Lord said, the Lord said, the Lord said, until the day he created man, it was different. We were uniquely created. He didn't just create us with his words, the way he did the stars in the sky, the moon, the, the trees, the water, light, the water, the life that lived in the water and the life that lived on the land. He he created us different. He, the Bible says he took mud from the ground, clay from the ground. He formed us into his likeness. And then he did something different. He breathed into man. It was a whole other approach than the way he had created otherwise. He breathed into man and that breath of God filled man up and made man come alive and and we experience not just the breath of God but the love of God the nature of our father it's all what humanity is is chasing after today it's it's all of our human experience is is to be found in that one moment there's nothing that can compare to the breath of God in the heart of a person the love of God being baptized and shaped by the love of God is an incredible experience. It's, it's life-changing, life-altering. It is, it is what will take us to a place of transformation. It'll transform our lives. In that moment, Father God gave life to humanity. He brought life into our bones, into our spirit, into our organs. He, he breathed into us. And mankind now exists by this love of God. We exist. It's his breath. By him we live, we breathe, and we have our being because of him. We've all been fashioned for this. And we've all been fashioned to experience and have this, this encounter with God. God our Father. It's a face-to-face -face encounter where we wake up and we gaze upon him the way Adam woke up and gazed upon his father. In the moment that Adam woke up, he, he experienced his voice, the father's voice. He heard it. The first voice he heard was the father. The first face he saw was the father's face. We read about this in the priestly blessing that May the face of the Lord shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance, his face upon you. Would you see it for what it is? He felt his touch. He felt the emotion of the Father. From the very beginning, mankind was created to experience this this opportunity, this experience with the Father, this life experience with the Father. And so when we look at the scripture, we see God wanting us to enjoy that moment where the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit were excited to make man and make us in his, and make us like him and to have a family that they could pour their love, their emotion into. And there's nothing else like that. I get reminded of that in the mornings when I wake up. There are so many things that are pressing for your time. But when I wake up in the morning, I think, what really matters today? What really brings pleasure to me today is that the Father is looking on me. The Father is, is 
passing on his emotion, his love, his care, his grace, his compassion, his, his joy into my heart. That he speaks to me, that he looks at me. He says, well done, Brody. Today I've got you. You're, you're in my hand. You're in my pocket. You're the apple of my eye. You're the focus of my attention. I love you. I love you. I love you. And it's that that gives me life. Not waking up and looking at the news. That will not give you life. But when we draw upon the Father, we draw upon our relationship with Father God, then when we wake up and He overwhelms us with who He is, that is what's transformational. The other day, I was driving and I'd driven all the way down to the coast, all the way back. I'd gone through like snow and 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 fog and rain and past transport trucks and and zip through city centers and found my way back uh, to Kelowna and I thought oh I was just so grateful to be home after being on that kind of a drive where I I had uh, officiated at a wedding and on my way back I'm going to uh, the next day I'm going to prepare this message and I'm driving down the street and I realize that there's a cop behind me. And this cop is following me and for like two or three kilometers, he follows me. And just as I'm going to turn off to, to go and prepare my message, his lights come on. And I think, oh, you got to be kidding. And he pulls up beside me. And first question he asks me is like, where are you going so quick that you needed to go through that intersection a few kilometers back so fast? And, and I thought, man, I'm going to get a ticket. I, I was wrestling on the inside about this problem, not only of having to have a ticket, but having to explain the ticket to my wife. Like, I'm like, this is not good. And of course, he asks me all the questions, comes back, gives me a ticket. And at that point, I had, a, I had an option. I said, could say, number one, I've got big problems and a little father. Or I have little problems and a big father. And what really matters is not that $100 ticket. But the, what really matters is that, God, are you still with me? Right, now, I could have gone, God, like, why weren't you there? You know, just diverting, blinding the cop, whatever it may be. And I just had to sit back and go, God, no, you've got me. Regardless of the circumstance, regardless of the pressures, regardless of the experience I was experiencing, God, you got me. What really matters is that I'm loved by you and I'm cared for by you. And that, at the end of the day, is all that matters. I tried to say that to my wife. She didn't quite agree with me when I got home. She said, that $100 could have gone somewhere else. But I said, no, no, no. Little problem. We got a big God. We got a big God. She didn't take that too well. So I'm praying for her at this moment. She have a fresh revelation of this. But we need to have this experience that God is for us. God is smiling upon us. We're created for His for His love and for His for His um like for Him to empty Himself, His wholeness. It, it, we experience the inheritance of who he is like that just blows my mind 
But we experience, that's our intention, is to be woken as sons of God. Now, in the hands of a loving father, that's wonderful. Yet we look around the world today, and it's regrettable that when we look around the world, we see people that are not living from that realization, that revelation. They're still running from that, with that spirit of the orphan, that orphan heart. And you just have to watch the news. You just have to look at it when you see people and their appetite for greed and scamming and violence and and competitiveness and comparison with one another instead of trying to just be who they were called to be and called to love and encourage and strengthen and bring life and peace and love to the world. It's these two tensions in the world boiled down to it's the spirit of sonship versus this, this orphan heart, this orphan spirit. When we look at the world, we see all of these man-made religions that are fatherless, that are all about the self, self-awakening, self-awareness, self-preservation. It's all about self, where our relationship with Father is saying, it's less of me and it's more of you because the more I have of you, the more I exist with joy in my heart and can live with a life in my spirit. Orphans thinking is one of the reasons there's this high crime rate and high, high competitiveness in the world today that leads people to do, uh, to do terrible things to each other. And it cannot be simply explained through a lack of parenting, just the fact that someone doesn't have a father in the home. It, it's more than that, than the absence of a physical father. It can only be understood through a supernatural awakening and insight from the Holy Spirit that says, that says, witness, do you witness that you are not alone and that you have a home and you don't need to compete and you don't need to compare. You just need to be because as you are, that's how I've created you unique and, and special and gifted and loved. And you're, I'm going to pour everything I have into you just because you're you. Now the first orphan, this first orphan uh, was, was the orphan spirit is an impure spirit. And it was introduced by Satan, who was the first orphan. He's, the Bible tells us, he'll lie, cheat, kill, destroy, he'll murder, he'll do whatever he can because to separate us from our father. And the devil will continually be this first orphan. And he'll continually do what he can do to make us like him. Fatherless, visionless, disinherited, and lost. And so when we go back to the garden, we can see this picture where uh, the devil used to be one of the insiders in heaven, was cast out of heaven, and now is on the earth. And he's watching as Father God is walking with Adam and Eve in the garden. And the Bible says that they would walk in the cool of the day, and they'd have community and connection. 
And as they would walk with this community and connection, I'm sure the devil looked upon it and was filled with jealousy in his heart. And if he can't be a part of the party, he wanted to crash the party. And he said, I'm going to make you just as bitter, just as alone, just as lost as I am. And when we think about where he once was and what he had lost, we realize his his attitude and why he was the way he was. If we read about him in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 13 and 14, where he says he actually told Father God, he said, I will ascend to heaven and set my throne above God's stars. I will preside on the mountain of the gods far away in the north. I will climb the highest heavens and I will be like the most high. For the devil, the most important thing in the world is self. And for the orphan, the most important thing in the world is self. I'm looking out for myself. I need to survive because no one else is looking out for me. And so they'll do things out of this motivation of self. When we look at that portion of scripture, we see three things. We see that Lucifer tried, had a self-will. He had a will where he said, I will ascend to the heaven. And the same centered mindset is really, in, you'll see it in children. I will do this. I want this. I'm going to do it by myself. I, I'm going to be strong enough. I can do this alone. Even if no one's there to help me, I will do this. And you match that up against the, the heart of Jesus who carried the spirit of a son. And it's much different. It's very contrary. Where Jesus said, Jesus said, I love nothing more than to do what the Father's doing, saying for me to do. To do his will. Where the devil wants his own will, Jesus said, your will be done. Your will be done. It's different. The devil wants his own throne. There was a self-enthronement. He says, I will set my own throne up. I'm going to look for position and title. I'm going to look for some pe for people to look up to me. I'm going to look for the letters after my name. And I want people to respect me. I will enthrone myself. Jesus, on the other hand, he had a different value system. And it was different. And God loved the heart of his son. We read about in Philippians chapter 2, that even though he carried the, the glory of God in himself, he, he carried that spirit in himself, he decided he, he wouldn't walk that way. Even when the devil, uh, the devil said to him, listen, I'll give you everything in the world. I'll give you mountains and kingdoms to, to, uh, to rule and reign. They're going to bow down to you. He says, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to just worship the Lord, worship God, and, and I'm going to serve only him. It's not about setting my own throne up. It's about honoring my father. And lastly, the devil wanted to deify himself. He says, I'll make myself like the most high God. I'm going to make myself like God. And the father was was pleased with Jesus because although he possessed all of the 
the glory and all the power. He was willing to live under God's authority. I like that in Philippians 2 where it says, who, Jesus, who was in very nature God, didn't consider equality with God something to be used to his advantage. Rather, and this is the spirit that he walked in, he took on the very nature of a servant. It wasn't about being deified. It wasn't about being like the most high God sit, sitting on the throne. It was about a love of being able to serve his father. So he came to earth. He gave up, he gave up his deity so that he could be like men. And being found in the appearance of man, he humbled himself and he served. He became obedient even unto death, the death on a cross. And God's word, it teaches us that, we, and we also know that Jesus cares for us, yet many of us don't believe that the ultimate goal of Christ is to take us from the cross to our home. Oftentimes, and I had this conversation with my kids the other day, because the, our motivations lead us. And I said to our kids, I said, our role is our, our faith, our, our, our faith is not based upon uh, just escaping hell. It's not just about escaping hell because as a child you think, I just don't want to go to hell. That's why I want to believe in Jesus because he'll rescue me, he'll save me from hell. Our faith is about more than that. It's about a relationship with the Father. Jesus came to lead us to the Father. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, the life, and no one can get to the Father but through me. So Jesus is essential. He's essential not just to save us from our sins, and that's where we call it the end of the story, but our, because our sins are forgiven, because of Jesus, we now have access to Father God. What an incredible inheritance. We can step into the the company of our father i said it's like an orphan on the street they don't know where their their life is is going they're working they're trying to preserve their life every day they're thinking just about how i can succeed in my day today but what if someone came to that orphan and said i'm going to i'm going to live I'm going to introduce you to your father, your heavenly father. I'm going to introduce you to your earthly father. And he's been waiting. He's been searching. He's been looking for you. And I can make that introduction. And you have that opportunity to move from the street and move from trying to look for your own protection, your own care, your own love, your own provision your own identity and actually can move into a father's house where he's got a room waiting for you that is the ultimate goal for us as 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 believers is to realize and walk this journey through so that we aren't just walking in our own strength and our own ability but we're walking towards father god and in doing so begin to realize and recognize all who God is and all he has for us. 
And as we're going to continue to go on this, this journey towards our true home, a homeward journey, a homecoming journey, we realize we've got a Father in heaven who loves us, cares for us, has got a room prepared for us, a home prepared for us. And this orphan heart, it can't just be cast out. It's not like you can have someone pray for you and the orphan heart is gone. It, it can't be forced out of our system. It can only be healed. And that healing can come only by, by Jesus coming, healing our heart and awakening us and introducing us and, and developing that relationship to Papa God. Papa God. So we learn this process. And, and uh, my prayer for you today is that your heart would be awakened. And that when you go to bed at night, you would begin to dream. And you be, would begin to be overwhelmed with the heart of the Father for you and towards you. That when you wake up, you would have that woke experience of just similar to Adam and Eve that says, that says, I can, I can feel your touch. I can feel your emotion. I can hear your voice. I can see your face. And you're saying, well done, my good and, and faithful son. Well done. I'm proud of you. I love you. I care for you. I want to know more about you and take you on that journey. So I have a quick declaration before we close. And then, uh, will leave you on to just reconsider this. If you have to re-listen to this message, I know it's it's a deep message. If you want to re-listen to it, go ahead and re-listen to it this week and get it in your heart. It's essential for us moving forward. So there's a declaration. I declare that from the very beginning, God's plan was for me to be his beloved child. He is my place of perfect peace and love. I am completely safe and I'm completely secure in God's presence. God's presence is where I find and know who I am. And I will rest in the loving hands of the Father. God bless you. Have a great, great next week as you go on this homecoming journey towards sonship. God bless you.